SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Nance being out and Romo is so is, is such a boob, he can't work with anybody else, that you're going to bench the guy that you think is the greatest thing since sliced bread? You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Pharrell on the bench. We don't have to listen to this guy in the White House anymore. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Thursday, November 12th morning, sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls, 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Some emails, tweets, phone calls, a little YouTube chat as well right here on a Thursday, November 12th, Bagels and Bad Beats. Well, what's going to be the master of the golf course this weekend? Uh, golfers are wimps, one for nine. Uh, BBs win the Cy Young. Red Sox going for the kill. Hello, New York Knicks. Anybody home? Uh, Adam Silver make it happen. Van Fleet says, show me the money. Oops, did I tweet that? Uh, stealing signs is back. Yes, this time at Baltimore. Holy Toledo and add Georgia and Missouri to the list. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, a little Thursday night football as well, emails and tweets right here on a Thursday, November 12th, Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Yep, got a little bit of everything. We got the NBA draft a week away, so we'll get into some of the stuff that. We got the Houston Rockets and uh, Russell uh, Westbrook in the news. We got the Red Sox in the news. We got baseball Cy Young Award winners being announced yesterday. We got some college football news. We got another game canceled, decent game in the SEC. So the SEC is getting ravaged with the uh, coronavirus situation. And, of course, we have the Masters getting into it this morning. And uh, a little less than two hours, we'll have our first group clean off. We'll get into all that stuff, and I'll let you know who I think is going to spin. Coming up right here on the Big of that SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Well, it's not uh, It's not how I, I wanted to retain the, the jacket for this long. Um, obviously, that this has been an unprecedented circumstance we're all dealing with, and uh, it's been incredible to, to have the have the jacket and to, to have it, you know, around the house and to 
uh, to share with, with, with people. Um, but to have it this long, um, it's, it's not the way I, I wanted to have it. You know, I wanted to you know, earn it back in, in April, but obviously we, we didn't have that. But we have an opportunity to play this week, which, you know, early in the year, we didn't think we'd have this opportunity. If you believe that, I got some land to sell you, oceanfront property in Nevada. Are you kidding me? That's Tiger Woods yesterday talking about the Masters, which again gets underway this morning. And the fact that he was able to hold on to the green jacket as the defending champ for another six months uh, because of the coronavirus and it not being uh, you know, done in, in April as the Masters normally is. It's obviously being done here in November. So, no, then believe me. <laughs> no way. He celebrated winning the Masters way too much, which is fine, you know, but he celebrated winning that thing last year way too much to make me think that he feels a little guilty that he's still the defending champ as we sit here in, uh, you know, approaching mid-November. No, 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 no. In fact, I I guarantee, I mean, he is human, right? I mean, last time I checked, Tiger Woods is human. We, We all know he has some fallacies here. I guarantee you. And this would be for 99.9% of all people. You put the equation on the line of you can put your jacket up for risk uh, in uh, April of 2020, or we could cancel the Masters completely, and you're just going to be the defending champ for another year or so. Uh, I guarantee you Tiger Woods, like most, would say, you know what? Well, if we don't play the Masters and I'm a defending champ for another year, I, I can live with that. Absolutely. Nobody, nobody but nobody would say, no, 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 I, you know, I, I'd rather have the Masters. Knowing full well he's got no chance to win this year. You know, this is not like last year. He's not playing, and when he does play, he's not playing well. So you know, chances are he won't even make the cut. So if you think Tiger Woods would uh, rather be in the Masters right now or if he had his opportunity to cancel the Masters completely, if you don't think he would cancel the Masters, uh, then you just you just don't know Tiger Woods. You don't know competitors. I really anybody. Uh, this is not a uh, a moral thing or a challenge thing. You know, listen, he's in his forties. He doesn't need any more challenges. You want to keep me as the defending champ for another year? I'll take that. Absolutely. And I wouldn't even hold it against him. This is not a rip on Tiger Woods. It's just him being normal. So just stop lying to us. That that's where the rip comes into play. You know, there's no shame in telling the media, hey, listen, I love being a champ. You know what? It was uh, how many years? 15 plus years. The last time I won a major. Now I finally, or the Masters, and now I finally won again. And uh, this is the kingpin of all golf tournaments. If you're an American, the Masters, you you think I want to give that up? You think if I had the opportunity, I wouldn't take this for another year? Of course, I would make a joke of it. Absolutely. Man, you're, you're, you're human if you, if you, you know, you're not human if you say no to that. So, but the Masters does get underway this morning. How about that? We have two groups, a group getting off at, uh, Seven o'clock on the front nine, and then the group getting off at seven o'clock on the back nine. And uh, Tiger tees off at about uh, two and a half hours. The first group tees off around seven o'clock. He's teeing off just before eight o'clock, and uh, off and flying we will go. But I, I got to tell you, you know, good luck. Who, who's going to win? And you know, that's your your first question. You want to get it in? You want to check out FanDuel? You want to check out some of their odds? Um, you know, go ahead, knock yourself out. But I generally don't bet golf. Like, who's going to win? I'll, I'll play the props, but you have 92 golfers. 
you have legitimately probably 30 to 45 golfers who, if you told me would win this weekend, it would be like, okay. Now, there might be a couple of surprises in there, like, really? Wow. Okay. First time winner, but, but it's been done before. There are so many golfers, and the odds just don't equate. It's, it's why I told you, it's why I don't get into horse racing. I got 10 horses in the race, and I'm betting on a horse that's paying three to one. How, how does that make any sense? There's 10 horses in a race. How come I'm not getting nine to one? Give the uh, you know the horse racing track a vig. Why am I why am I getting three to one when there's nine possibilities? Doesn't make any sense. Same thing here with with uh, with golf. Okay, maybe not all 92 realistically have a shot of winning, but again, about half the field does. When you start looking at some of the golfers, and I'm in these pools, you know where they list the top ten, then the the next, and then the next, the next ten, the next ten. You got to pick one golfer out of the group. Well, you know that that fifth group has some pretty darn good golfers. The the last group that I'm in uh, that you got to pick from has, has guys like Jordan Spieth and Phil Mickelson. They're in the last group. They're in the worst group. So if those guys are in the worst group, imagine what the other 50 guys in front of them are like. All pretty good. They're all capable of winning. But you go to FanDuel and you start looking at some of the golfers and the odds that you're getting, you're getting 9 to 1, 10 to 1, 15 to 1, maybe, maybe 20 to 1. It doesn't make any sense. You got 50 guys that could easily win, and I'm only getting 9 to 1, 10 to 1 on a golfer? That's dopey. I was checking out an article on CBS Sports, right? You know, they have a big headline on their front page uh, one of nine golfers that can win the Masters. And I'm thinking to myself, nine golfers? You, you got a you tenth of the field. And then when you read the article, six of the nine golfers have odds of 14 to 1 or less. Three of them have odds of 9 to 1 or less, which means even if you hit with one of those three, you're still losing money. You know what I mean? Why not do one of 50 CBS Sports or even one of nine? Who's betting nine different golfers? And again, even if they took basically all the favorites, any Joe Schmo could do that. I could write that article. What kind of insight are you giving me? You're giving me the top 10 guys in the field. Well, great insight there, CBS Sports. I really appreciate that. Boy, I wasted 10 minutes of my life reading this dopey article when all they basically did was take the top golfers. I mean, I, th I think the biggest uh, odds on a golfer was like 20 to one. I, I mean, they were all nine to two, five to two or seven to one. Rather, uh, there was a couple of nine to ones in there. There were a couple of 12 to ones in there. There was no great insight, but that explains why you can't bet golfers because even CBS sports, you know, they put together a nice little website. And, and if they're giving you the nine best golfers they think have a chance of winning, yet in reality they're just taking the favorites, well, you're not winning any money. Not if you're going to bet all nine, which is basically what they're alluding to. So it, it, it's crazy. There's too many guys. There's just too many guys. So I don't, I don't, I don't bet it. I, I really don't. Not, not who's going to win. Not with 92 golfers and not with basically half the field really capable of winning. So if I'm not getting 45, or in this case 46 to 1, Man, it's the odds don't make sense. And if the odds don't make sense, I don't plop it down. I will, though, play some props. That's where you can win money with golf. Forget about who's winning. It's throwing darts on who's going to win. But winning score, 14 under par or better, play it. I've told you this, you know, with these golfers being either roided up, jacked up, excited up, whatever they are, figure it all out, Bryson DeChambeau. But these guys are bombing drives 300, 350 yards like they're going out of style. Their, their approach shot from a par five is, is using a pitching wedge. It's crazy. 
Uh, to think that, you know, this tournament is going to be any different than any of the others. We've set records after records after records for low score. So I don't think the Masters is going to be any different. Weather's not going to be good, which actually, believe it or not, helps scoring. Uh, because now the, the, you can really bomb these drives and you don't have to worry about the ball rolling, you know, off the fairway. Uh, you know, your approach shots on a wet green makes it so, so much easier. It's target golf. 14 or under. Listen, it's tough at the Masters. I understand that, but I would really be surprised if this was different than any other tournament we've seen this year and over the last two years, really. The, the scores are just getting better and better and better and better. So give me a winning score, 14 under par or better is one of the main props. Uh, the cut line, plus two or better. You got to lay minus 126 right now on FanDuel. Same philosophy. You know what? These guys are too good. And this year, uh, don't forget, you know, maybe you didn't know, but it's the lowest 50 golfers. Normally, it's golfers within 10 shots of the lead make the cut, whether that's 50 or 70 or 80 or all of them. Not the case this year. It's only going to be the lowest 50. So cut line of plus two or better, I don't think it's going to be plus three. I, I don't think there's going to be that many golfers that are going to split up. All right, more Masters. we got some college football news, NFL news, baseball news as well right here. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Thursday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I have been playing a couple of Champions events to build my confidence, and I've uh, had fun on, uh, playing some of those tournaments. I haven't played the best on the regular tour this year other than maybe a, a a good run in Memphis, but, um, I love, I love coming here and I'm very appreciative of the extra work that this club has gone through to make this event happen. It's not easy to have the course ready, uh, in November and it's, they've done a remarkable job and it's not easy to put a tournament on in, uh, this era this, with, with, um, so many challenges, but we're as players and I think as fans, very appreciative of the hard work and extra effort that's gone into this event. I can hit it as far as I want to, but it, it comes down to putting and chipping out here. You know, that, that is one of the things that I think people sometimes struggle to see. Um, as much as I can gain an advantage off the tee, I still have to putt it well and, and chip it well and wedge it well and even iron play it well. And that's what I did at the U.S. Open. If I don't putt it well at the U.S. Open, if I don't wedge it well, if I don't hit my irons close, I don't win that tournament. So... It always comes down to making the putts at the end of the day. That is something uh, Bryson DeChambeau has not done. His last two starts at the Masters, finishing outside the top 25. That is Bryson DeChambeau after we heard from Phil Mickelson, uh, both teeing off obviously later on uh, this morning. DeChambeau also finished 30th or worse in four of his last eight starts on the PGA Tour. So he's not golfing well, despite the fact that he can hit it probably 500 yards if you really asked him to. But he's going to be one of the consensus favorites in this thing. As I pointed out, you know, the, the Masters, uh, you know, teeing off here at, at 7 o'clock Eastern time, checking out this article by, I, I got to give, uh, if I'm going to rip them, I might as well rip them, Kyle Porter. All right, Kyle, thanks for nothing there, Kyle. So he gives us nine golfers who he thinks is going to win and who we should bet on, in essence. 
He's got John Rahm, who's at 10 to 1. He's got Dustin Johnson, who's at 8.5 to 1. He's got Justin Thomas at 12 to 1. Bryson DeChambeau at 7.5 to 1. Uh, Xander Schofle at 14 to 1. Uh, the only golfers he has that are halfway decent odds uh, Patrick Cantley at 25, Matthew Wolf at 40, and uh, Bubba Watson at 28. And he's got Royal McElroy at, at 12 to 1. So, Five of his uh, six of his nine guys, like I said, are at fourteen to one or less. I but just just pick the top ten guys. You know, you you can bet on that. Even if you, you threw a dart and you actually hit one of your nine, you're basically breaking even. It's not worth the risk. You know, there's ninety two guys in the field. You're giving me one tenth of the field, and meanwhile, half the golfers aren't even paying ten to one. It's it's dopey. So forget about that. Forget about who's going to win. There's there's 45 golfers who could win this thing. Good luck. Throw a dart. You got a favorite name? I play Adam Scott just because of the name all the time. You know, that, that's my approach. Or I'll play Mickelson because I like Mickelson all the time. Otherwise, you know, what's the difference between Brooks Kepka or Bryson DeChambeau or John Rahm? I mean, they're all they're all more than capable of winning this thing. It, it's just a matter of luck. And if you happen to like the guy, that that's what it is. So forget about that. Play the props. I love under 14 or better winning score. I would be shocked. These guys are going to bomb it. Weather conditions are going to allow for target golf on their approach shots. I really would be surprised. I know minus 14 for a Masters is pretty impressive, but with these guys, like I said, these par fives, these guys are using wedges. They're using eight irons, maybe seven irons on their second shot. These guys are all, you know, shooting for eagles. Forget about birdies on the par five. They're shooting for eagles. You walk away from a birdie at a par five in the Masters nowadays, it's a disappointment. That's how good these guys are. So minus 14 or better winning score. Cut line plus two or better. Uh, because, again, this year it's the lowest 50 golfers, including or uh, not including ties. So if, if the... 50th golfer, you know, if there's five, six, seven others that are in that same spot, then obviously all 56, 57 get in. But it's not within 10 shots as it normally is. They don't have the time, the patience, and more importantly, the daylight to have that many golfers on Saturday and Sunday play. Uh, I don't know why they can't if they could do it, you know, uh, let's face it, Thursday and Friday, but they don't want to screw around. So they got the lowest 50 golfers. So you'll probably have about 55 golfers on uh, Saturday and Sunday. But that is the key. Which does I don't this doesn't make any sense. I don't know if the boys at FanDuel. I don't know if they're sleeping at the wheel here or not. But uh, I love playing hole in ones, right? And I and more times than not, listen, it, it's a miracle. I actually shot one many, 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 many moons ago. It was one of the worst shots of my life. I swear. And I was on a, a par three, obviously about 120 yards downhill, and I I chipped it and it dribbled down the hill. It went up an embankment and then came down. And the green was kind of like inside this embankment. And the damn thing rolled down the embankment right into the hole. I hit one of the worst shots of my life. And it turned out to be a hole in one. So these guys are, believe it or not, much to my surprise and chagrin, they're a little bit better than me. So if I can hit a hole in one, believe you me, so can these guys. But here's the key. Here's where it doesn't make any sense. You have 92 golfers, right? right? Now, you could do a hole-in-one throughout the entire tournament, but you got to lay minus 190, which I, I'm not laying minus 190 on any prop, right? So I, I don't want to do that. But if you say there are two hole-in-ones or more, not just two, so it can be two, three, four, five, whatever, you're getting plus 215. That's a $300 swing for getting just one more hole-in-one. 
Now, I know you're asking for a lot, but, you know, versus laying a buck 90 to get one versus getting 215 to get two, I'll take my chances I get two versus just the one. So give me the give me two holes in one or more at plus 215. Here's the other thing. Now, as I told you, you know, as all golf tournaments have, there's a cut. And there's 92 golfers on Thursday, today, and 92 golfers tomorrow. Then there's going to be about 50 to 55 on Saturday and 50 to 55 on Sunday, right? So someone asked to explain to me here, Lucy, why I can get better odds in there being a hole-in-one in today's round or tomorrow's versus Saturday's and Sunday's when there's going to be half the field gone. Doesn't make any sense. I, I got 92 shots at a hole-in-one times how many par threes? Four? I got basically 400 shots on Saturday and 400 shots on Sunday. I'm only going to have about 200 shots. Or excuse me, I got about 400 shots on Thursday today and another you know, 400 shots on Friday tomorrow versus only having about half that for each day, Saturday and Sunday, yet the odds are dramatically lower to get a hole-in-one on Saturday and Sunday. That doesn't make any sense. FanDuel's giving me 7-1 to one to get a hole-in-one today or 7-1 to one to get a hole-in-one tomorrow. I, I will absolutely. And in fact, on Sunday, it's, it's less than 2-1 to one that you're going to be getting uh, if, if you get a hole-in-one. Why, why would that be? But it doesn't make any sense. It, it's all odds. It's got to be strictly odds. Again, I got 92 golfers uh, playing golf. Come hook or crook, good, bad, or indifferent, every single I don't care if they shoot 20 over par. Uh, they all have a chance to get a hole-in-one. It only takes one, as the saying goes. So it, it doesn't make any sense to me why they would give you better odds for a hole-in-one on day one and two when you have more golfers than you would the other rounds when you have less golfers. Uh, it just, uh, I, I don't get it. Hole in one now. In fact, you know what? I did, I'm checking it out. It's updated. It was minus 190 last night. Now it's minus 220. So if you think there's going to be a hole in one, you have to lay minus 220. Forget that. If you go with the two holes in one, as I was suggesting, it's down to plus two to one. But that's now a $400 swing. Laying 220. Getting and then getting two to one, a four hundred and twenty dollars. So it doesn't make any sense. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and also, same thing. Hole in one round one seven to one. Hole in one round two seven to one. They did bump the hole in one round three to eight and a half to one. However, hole in one round four is plus one thirty four. What makes round four any different than round three? You have the same amount of golfers. It's still half the field. Uh, I, I doesn't make it go. We go like I said. Take round one at seven to one. Take round two at seven to one. That, that's the way I would go. Why, why would you waste it on a round four when you're getting uh, you know basically one seventh of the odds? That doesn't make any sense. So those are the ones. Top senior golfer. I'm gonna go with Freddie Couples at plus five fifty. Uh, you know he always, always, always does well. You know, you know he may not, uh, you know, win the thing. He may not finish in the top ten, but he generally is in that top fifteen, top twenty. Um, you know, when you consider all the other golfers, um, you know th that's that's pretty good. He he loves this tournament. The tournament loves him, and I, I think that's a pretty good bet. Give me five fifty on uh, on Freddie Couples. So there you go. That those are the best plays I think of the Masters. Forget about who's winning or losing. Uh, winning score, minus 14 or better. Cut line at plus two or better. Uh, two plus hole-in-ones at, at plus two to one with FanDuel. 
I'll throw a flyer on a hole in one in round one at seven to one and a flyer at hole in one in round two at seven to one uh, as well when we have all 92 golfers. Those are your winning plays. Forget about all that other mumbo jumbo throwing darts. Leave that for your pools. Uh, but if you really want to make money, that's the, the that's the way to go. Uh, Thursday night football later on tonight. The line is down to pick them. In fact, I saw it yesterday, and I'm going to double check here as we speak with FanDuel, that actually Indianapolis was a one-point favorite. I, I don't get what's happening with this game. I, it just We pointed it out yesterday. It makes no sense. And that, to me, generally means a stay-away game. Yep, the Colts are minus one at Tennessee. I mean, it just doesn't make gambling sense. Thursday night football, obviously it's a short week. Colts are the road team. You never want to play a road team on a Thursday night. Colts are coming off a loss. Colts have the worst record. Titans coming off a win. Titans have the best record. They got a running game. They got a quarterback. There aren't any injuries that I looked as of last night. There were no major injuries or coronavirus situations to deal with. It's basically the Colts and Phillip Rivers, who never won a big game in his life against, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill and uh, Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans that went to the uh, AFC Championship game last year. They're the home team, and now they're getting a point? Wow. Makes no sense. Best stay away. Best stay away. Bagels and bad beats on a Thursday morning. Don't stay away from us. We're coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Sky Moore in the slot, top of your screen. Eskridge lined up at the bottom. Tyler in the backfield. Downfield, he's got Eskridge. Inside the 10-yard line. Got to get up, got to get up to the line right now. Western Michigan's going to have a chance. Spike the ball down. They'll throw it to a wide-open hole. Touchdown, Broncos! Did you hear a whistle? I heard a whistle. I don't think I heard a whistle. Shades of Dan Marino, Dolphins, Jets. That's right. Thanks, Spike. Caleb Ellaby finding Jalen Hall. Yeah, how about that? What a crazy game last night. Uh, you know, listen, it's Mac football. It's no big deal. Neither team doing anything. 1-0 Toledo, though, versus 1-0 Western Michigan. ESPN with the call there. There there was a whistle. Maybe we could play it back again. But although it really didn't matter because that would just be an excuse for Toledo. But I'll set it up just because it was a crazy game. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking Western Michigan Toledo. But, you know, this to me proves my point, though, that I bring up every single Monday about these uh, onsides kicks that these dopey NFL head coaches refuse to kick, right? 
So Western Michigan scores on a fake play. They win the game. All right. We won't bury the lead. Here's the deal, though. Toledo's up with uh, up 10. They just score a touchdown with three and a half minutes left. I don't know if Western Michigan allowed them to score or not. Toledo was driving up three. They got a controversial, uh, controversial first down. They went for it on fourth and 11 rather than kicking like a 30-yard field goal. The field goal kicker had one blocked. Uh, maybe they just had no confidence whatsoever. They get the first down, but in reality, he, he was short, but they ruled it first down on the field. Wasn't absolute conclusive evidence to overturn it. And by the way, do we have to have every single review be told to us? We need conclusive evidence. We get it, people. We understand. We've been watching football now with the instant replay for how many years? We understand we need conclusive evidence, all right? We don't need to be told every single time, bar none, well, we need conclusive evidence. All right, tell me when we don't need it, okay? Then I'll understand what you're talking about. But otherwise, I get it. We know. Shut up. So, anyway, they needed conclusive evidence. If you don't have conclusive evidence, then, you know, then they can't overturn it. So it wasn't 100% conclusive. It was 99% conclusive. The kid was short of the first down. But they ruled it on the field, first down, first down Toledo. And uh, Western Michigan kind of gave up one of those alley-oop, okay, we're not going to play defense anymore, touchdown. So now Toledo's up 10 with three and a half minutes left, right? So Western Michigan gets the football. They march right down the field, basically. They score a touchdown with 45 seconds left to cut the lead to seven, right? No. They missed the extra point. So now if they recover an onside kick, instead of needing just a field goal to send the game to overtime, they're down four. They need a touchdown again. So what happens? They recover the onside kick. How about that? How about that, NFL dopey coaches that all want to kick off deep with three minutes left, two and a half minutes left because they have three timeouts? Because they're never going to recover an onside kick. No, never, never. In the history of NFL, college, and high school football, never has a team ever recovered an onside kick. So why would we do it, right? So Western Michigan becomes the first team in the history of mankind. They recover the onside kick. Take Toledo. You could not have played worse defense than what Toledo played in those last two Western Michigan drives. After Western Michigan recovers the onside kick, Toledo. Now, they, remember, keep in mind, they got this right around midfield. And they got 40 seconds left. Toledo has got their defensive backs 20 yards off the line of scrimmage. First down, Western Michigan, they gain about 15 yards. Takes about five seconds. Second down, Western Michigan, they gain about 15 yards. Takes about five seconds. I mean, easy as pie. Third down, or the third play, they throw it over the middle. Gains about 20 yards. It gets down to right around the 11 or, 12 or so 12-yard line, and they run down the field. Uh, the quarterback indicates he's going to spike it. He drops back to pass. Wide receiver is wide, and I mean wide open. I, there wasn't no lie, no exaggeration. There wasn't a player within 30 yards of him. Throw it to him. Touchdown. Western Michigan scores with 17 seconds left. They win the game. So... Now, you heard the announcers say that, you know, they thought they may have heard a whistle, and, and I did too, as well. Um, but here's Dopey Toledo. These coaches are bird brains. They really are. They're, they're bird brains, right? Western Michigan is rushing down the field. You know, they're in this last second drive, and there's Toledo substituting players left and right. I mean, 
You don't have time to substitute players. Coach, you got the opposing team that's running a no-huddle offense. What are you doing substituting? So Toledo players are all standing around trying to figure out if they're in or they're out. Meanwhile, Western Michigan says, fudge this, I'm going to run a play. And the kid threw it to the wide-open wide receiver. So whether there was a whistle blown or not, and there was, uh, but that was that we were told afterwards that that was a whistle that was blown just to indicate, okay, we start the clock now because you blow the whistle to stop the clock at a first down. And I guess they blow it again uh, to start the clock. That's what that was. Um, but this guy was so wide open, like I said, it, it would be an excuse for them if they want to say they, they weren't playing because they blew a whistle because the whistle was blown literally, you know, a, a half a second before the play started. And this wide receiver who was flanked out to the left, Again, there wasn't a player within 30 yards. Easy touchdown pass, and Western Michigan down 10, three minutes left, ends up winning the game. How about that? Boy, it just goes to show, as we say all the time, it really is never over until it's over. It, it, you just you cannot give up hope. And uh, th this, this, this is why I always preach for these NFL teams, in particular college as well, you know, if you have two, two and a half minutes left, three minutes left, whatever the case may be, I don't care if you have one timeout or you have three timeouts. I kick that onside's kick. I do not give up an opportunity to get the football back. If I don't recover it, you've heard me say this a thousand times, you could still force that team three and out. So what's the big deal? You know, you're talking about 15, 20, maybe, maybe 25 yards in field position, but other than that, I mean, I will gladly give up that field position for an opportunity to recover an onside kick because they do get recovered, just as Toledo last night, which lost the game up double digits with, like I said, three minutes left because they couldn't recover an onside kick. So good game. I mean, every obstacle, you know, when they got that first down, you thought, okay, game over. You know, when uh, Toledo scored a touchdown, you thought game over. You thought when Western Michigan missed the extra point, game over, and this team just couldn't, they, they wouldn't stop. They, they wouldn't give up. So uh, Western Michigan beats Toledo 41-38 in a pretty good uh, game if you stayed up late last night to, to watch it. Uh, again, NFL Thursday night football. We got Indianapolis at the Tennessee. Huge game. You generally don't get these big games uh, for Thursday nights because they know it's, it's tough on the road team. Uh, I mentioned it before the break. I, I don't understand why all this love for Phillip Rivers. There isn't an injury that would make this line switch. This went from Tennessee being a two-point favorite to a one-point underdog. Now, that's not, you know, three points is a big swing. But in the big spectrum of things, it, it's not because, you know, you're not going from a two-point favorite to a four-point favorite and uh, leapfrogging the magical number three. Uh, as point spreads go, you know, you're going from a slight favorite to a slight underdog. So it doesn't take nearly as much money, but still it does take some people to be betting on Indianapolis. And I, I just don't get it. I, I really, I, I do not understand that at all. Um, they're the road team. They're the worst team. They got the quarterback that's never won a big game. Uh, boy, they just love, they just love Phillip Rivers. I don't know what it is, but they just absolutely love Phillip Rivers, man. Another uh, game canceled. In fact, two more games canceled yesterday. Uh, in the SEC, you got Georgia and Missouri canceled. <clears throat> Fourth SEC game that got wiped off the boards because of the coronavirus uh, this week. So Georgia-Missouri, which there was some speculation yesterday that they wouldn't be able to play. So you got Alabama-LSU off the board. You got Tennessee-Texas A&M off the board. Auburn-Mississippi State off the board. Georgia-Missouri off the board. 
And then the other game yesterday that got wiped out was uh, Ohio State and Maryland, which is too bad because, you know, while it may be a mismatch, it may turn out to be a blowout or it would have been a, a blowout. But, you know, with Maryland coming off that nice win against Penn State uh, after they rallied to beat Minnesota the week before, 2-1, and one, I'd love to see Tua's brother grow up against that Ohio State defense. And who knows, maybe put a scare. Maybe, maybe Maryland's a Cinderella team. I don't know what happened against Northwestern week number one when they got walloped, but that, that you know would have been a halfway decent game, and that one's not going to be made up. They don't really have the time. Uh, so Ohio State and Maryland off the board. Air Force Wyoming, uh, that got postponed yesterday as well. UN Monroe versus uh, Arkansas State, and then Memphis and Navy. Navy's missed at least two games now. It may maybe even three this year. So you got more, what is that, nine games? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. Eight games so far that, uh, you know, because the players coming down with the coronavirus aren't going to be played. So, and they're keeping an eye right now. Arkansas, Florida uh, remains on the schedule, but Arkansas's head coach, Sam Pittman, is not going to be there. He's got the virus, so he's going to be out. Uh, Auburn, Minnesota suspended their football workouts. So, uh, you know, Auburn was why Mississippi State game got, got canceled. And then you got UAB and uh, UTEP being moved, as we talked yesterday, about a high school uh, to a high school stadium in Midland, Texas. So it's going to happen. What are you going to do? You know, it's you're going to have teams at the end of the year. I heard people talking, you know, how you can if, if certain teams only have five wins. You know, how is that going to equate to a team that's got 12 wins or, or eight wins or 10 wins? You know, is a 10 and one team better than a five and O team? No, it's really not. It's just going to come down to whoever you think is good. You know, Ohio State's got two games under its belt, and yet it's ranked in the top five. You know, you have other teams that are five and O, six and O that aren't ranked as high. You, you know, you don't need that many games. Heck, you probably don't need any, really. You, you need a couple. Well, let's, uh, you know what, I'll, I'll Temper that thought. You probably need three or four games. That, that's all. You know, you, you don't need to be a genius to figure out Ohio State is good. They're, they're good. They have too much talent. They get too many NFL players on their roster. They're too good, you know. So if you want to put them in with a 4-0 record or a 5-0 record, you know what? I know people end up bitching at the end of the year, but in reality, they're one of the top four teams in the nation. No matter who they're facing, I don't care if they face Rutgers five times or and, – and I don't know. I don't Would teams do that? You know, is that possible? You know, there's always wrinkles you could throw in. And when it's 2020, there's nothing written in stone, right? It, it all can be changed. So, um, you know, let's just say that uh, the SEC, since they're being uh, uh, ravaged by the uh, the virus right now, let's just say there are five or six teams that just can't play anymore. You know what? We, we tried. We failed, unfortunately. We, we just don't have any players. Sorry. You know, would the SEC go to other teams and say, all right, you know, you want to play this team twice? You know, you, you want to play, you know, Alabama, you, you want to play Auburn twice or do you want to play Mississippi State twice or do you want to play, you know, Ohio State? Do you want to play, uh, you know, Northwestern twice or or do you want to play a team that maybe isn't originally on your schedule and, and play them or do you want to play one less game? I would think, I mean, if the idea is is to play games, then, then play the games, right? Problem is you don't know if the games are going to be played until it's Wednesday. And at that point, I guess it's just too much. There's too many players. There's too much involved in having a team travel, you know, a couple of states over to play a football game. So logistically, you probably couldn't do it. I bet basketball you could. That would be a lot easier. But college football, you know, you're talking about 50, 60, well, 60, 70 players and all the administrators and everything. So it, it would be difficult. But listen, it's going to happen. You're going to get a 5-0 and team that's going to get into the playoffs versus, uh, you know, a 9-1 and team. But it, it is what it is. You just don't need a better team. 
All right, Vegas and Bad Beast, boy, we are flying. One hour in the books to close out hour number one. Next to their SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. This uh, Thursday morning, hour and a half, uh, check that, an hour or so away from uh, our opening groups uh, teeing off at the Masters, which is the subject of our poll question today. Who do you want to win the Masters? Not who do you think will win, but who do you want to win? We got Tiger Woods, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, and the uh, other. And right now, early on, posted about a half hour or so ago, uh, leading the way, much to my chagrin, I suppose. But not surprise, Tiger Woods, 53% of the votes. Uh, Kepka getting uh, 17.5% of the vote. Uh, DeChambeau getting just under 13%. And uh, other uh, getting 16% of the vote. If I had my druthers, who would I want to win? I would take, uh, you know, throwing out who I played a couple of shekels on uh, as far as the props and all that other stuff in my pools. But, I, you know, I, I'm a Phil Mickelson guy. So I, I would go Mickelson. Uh, Steven. Uh, uh, wrote in a Billy Horschel, really. Uh, 716 to Xander Chauffle. Um, Charles writes in, I live in Augusta. Looks like an everyday day. Uh, no crowds, motels, empty. Well, except for the pimps and druggies, but everything else is the same. <laughs> okay. I guess they flock into Augusta this time of the year, Charles, uh, with all the people there. So um, Dan writes in, uh, regarding the Masters, I saw CBS's coverage is 10 to 3 p.m., so the 4 o'clock games would be unaffected. Uh, they must be starting it early again uh, with Tiger last year on Sunday. Yeah, you know what, Dan? Uh, yeah, good job on that. We brought that up yesterday saying how they're going to get the round in and still be able to have these 4 o'clock games on CBS. But with daylight savings time, they have to bump this stuff up, hence the only 50 golfers making the final two rounds. So there's less golfers, and uh, they're going to try and get it done. I don't think they will. And what would my question would be, what would happen? Say it goes to an overtime in golf, a playoff. Uh, say there's a delay, which chances are with the rain to forecast it might. Are they going to not televise those football games? What are they going to do with those games? Well, very interesting. My bagels and bad beats, a lot more to get to right here. Hour number two coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Big. 
build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.